When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Yeah, yeah. Should we like watch our language and stuff then? Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much, as always, for making your way here, checking out the series. You know what to do. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. Uh, you can do so at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Merida. Today, I'm talking with Sleigh Bells to get the details behind their new album, Texas. Alexis Krauss and Derek Miller are going to discuss how they found themselves uh, leaning into their early sound and the dark lyrics that make up the collection, hitting on the opioid epidemic loss of Lil Peep and Mac Miller, and Miller's own self-destructive behavior in the past. Krauss expands on the Western motif of the music videos, the connections and continuations that we're seeing in both Locust Laced and Justine Go Genesis and replicating the hairdos of Dolly Parton and Loretta Lynn. And the noise pop duo also talk about their love of floor shows, aging with rock and roll, realizing the perfect riff and taking inspiration from Nine Inch Nails. So let's do it and talk about this record. Texas, it's Kyle Meredith with Sleigh Bells. What's up, man? How you doing? Great. It's great to have you all in here. You've got a, a brand new album called Texas. Yep. I'm not sure I'm supposed to emphasize it differently because of the spelling, but it seems like Texas is, a, is a, certainly the way to go on this. That's cool. Yeah, that works. As opposed to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Not that we ever right, say it in that way as well. I'm, I'm sure there's some jokes in there. You could throw the extra S on it if we need to, but... Uh... <laughs> This has been so much fun to listen to, and I really do mean that, um, hearing what you all are doing. I, I do feel like as a longtime fan with any band, you know, there comes a point where you're like, uh, I enjoy all these different parts, but uh, how about doing a little something like the old days? And I don't know if you guys meant to do that, but this does seem like it's a little bit something like the older days, like the early days of Sleigh Bells. And uh, I do even read a little bit in the press release how, you know, it's, it's sort of... Um, leaning into who you are i don't know if i'm saying that right but if that's if that's the case what is the journey to this album in that sense i mean i think more than anything most artists alexis sorry if you don't mind if i start is that cool go for it yeah like um 
I mean, if you listen to Jessica Rabbit and Kid Khrushchev, for me, I love those releases, but you can hear that we're searching. Like we didn't, I feel like the band didn't really have a strong identity. You know, like you can kind of hear that we don't know exactly what we are sonically, aesthetically, you know, like, are we a heavy band? Is it like super, you know, like, like tracks like Loyal For and I Know, uh, I know Not To Count On You and Jessica Rabbit are like airier, you know, they're lusher. There's like nothing really, there's not a lot of friction there. So instead of like trying to leave our comfort zone, which is the common thread with artists when they're starting a new project, it's like, you know, we tried something fresh. We wanted to leave our comfort zone. That's always the tagline. And that's great. By all means, you should do that. I think for us, it was a process of trying to find our comfort zone. Like, what the fuck is the band right now? Like, what do we sound like? And for me, I think the answer really came when we finished Justine Go Genesis, which is not just plugging in the new single. Like, that was one of the very first tracks that we finished for the record that made the track listing in uh, like November of 2018. And when we finished that, we were like, oh, well, this is our band now. Like, this is what we sound like now. And I think we were both really excited by it. And for me, it's just, I can just speak for my end, what I have to bring to the table, the instrumentals. I just stopped being self-conscious about what I sound like. You know, in the past, I was really treating like the, uh, my tendencies as like the enemy. You know, the things that I do naturally, like by default, like make things a little louder, you know, have my drums be really aggressive and loud and whatnot. For me, those were things to sort of hide from and to shy away from previously, not on all the tracks. I mean, certainly there are like, quote, sleigh bell sounding tracks on Jessica Rabbit and Kid Khrushchev, but I just stopped treating those things like a liability and started treating them like a strength. You know, like what would happen if I stopped being ashamed of the things that I do naturally? And so that's sort of what this record is. Like there's no, there was no attempt to leave my comfort zone. I was more trying to find something that felt right. And um, Justine kind of kicked that off. And then from there, we got like, the, you know, Sweet 75, Locust Lays, Tennessee Tips. And, you know, that's that to me, at least it has a cohesion, a cohesion that we've lacked. But I don't know, I could be wrong about that. I don't know. But, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything that Derek said. And I think Kid Khrushchev was a bit of a turning point for us. I think our songwriting just got strong right around that time and we were talking about how a lot of the earlier tracks on this record kind of came as a continuation from some of the writing that was happening because we didn't really stop after Kid Khrushchev so yeah I agree with everything that Derek said um and I just think I don't know it's like you have to a lot of times just have that body of work and have that experience and and go through those different iterations of the band and then kind of just find where you're at and what hopefully is the best that you've been and I think Derek and I were definitely not cocky about it but we both feel really good about this album like we can listen to it even now still uh and feel excited to play the songs and a lot of times by the time we get to this point which seems strange because for fans the music's just coming out but by the time we've lived with an album for this long already we're already kind of waning um <laughs> in terms of our enthusiasm but yeah um this one feels really good. I, and I can say that, you know, what you all did on those past few, in those records in between where you were uh, changing your sound up and searching for new things, uh, you know, no complaints for me in those moments, by the way. Like, right. I, I'm still on board and there's some amazing music in there. But, and, and I'll get to the latest thing with Justin Genesis here in a bit as well. But, but especially, you know, the first thing that we heard with Locust Lace, I mean, it's so evident in those, those opening moments. Like yeah. that opening riff, which I wrote down, like, what is that, like, what is that a harpsichord that you're also playing that on? Like, what, what am I hearing right there? It's uh, just a couple of synths stacked up on each other. Um, I was trying to get it to sound like 
a kind of a demented ice cream truck. Like the lyrics so bleak um, and the video is bleak as well. So I really wanted the music to provide like, you know, kind of a contrast to that. Like I wanted it to be really sweet to the point of almost being like cloying, you know, and that, it's like, it's an earworm almost to a fault. At least that's what it is to me. You know, it's of course subjective. So yeah, I don't know. It's just like a couple of synths, Omnisphere, um, maybe some Nexus. Yeah, two or three patches that I'm kind of stacked on top of each other and they're trading off and on. I mean, it catches my ear. It caught my ear right right away. And and the, what you're talking about, the, you know, up against uh, what Alexis, you're doing with those lyrics right there. I mean, I wrote down uh, a ring around the roses vibe almost to the lyrics. And, and there seems to be, Maybe it's the title that lent me in this direction to begin with, but almost this Southern Gothic thing that's happening. And I mean, like... Like Faulkner, Southern Gothic? <laughs> you know, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, Interview with the Vampire, you know, that kind of Southern yeah, Gothic Yeah, we're not literature. Thing. I get it. I understand. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but that, that was kind of in there. And I got that, like, uh, uh, rosary. You know, I mean, that's such a word with, uh, with built-in imagery, uh, angel of death on locusts. I mean, am I wrong for sensing that there's sort of a direction that seems to be rising here? Derek, why don't you take the, the lyrical? Yeah, the lyrics yeah. are, um, that, well, the song started actually a while ago. The, I started the chorus a couple of weeks after Lil Peep died, actually. And it was initially about fentanyl, you know, like locust laced, just give me a taste, let it be locust laced. I mean, you know, the opioid epidemic was in full swing. People were, I mean, just the body count was just going up and up every day, whether it's, you know, somebody high profile like Peep or Mac Miller. I'm outside of that, just a ton of people playing Russian roulette with that shit. And it was tragic. It was fucking heartbreaking. And I, that drug was never in my orbit, but others certainly have been. And I have, you know, had a lot of self-destructive behavior in the past. That's an old, old pattern of mine. And it's just about that moment when somebody just says, fuck it. Like they know that they're toying with their lives and they just don't care. And that kills me. It's an anti-drug song, but it's about that moment when you're just like, you know, like the pre-chorus, call up the queen, give us a taste. I feel like dynamite. I feel like dying tonight. It's when you go to the edge of the cliff, you look over and you just step off. You don't care. So it's really, when I said it was bleak, it's a very bleak song. And then the verses sort of became a little more abstract, just kind of about the moment in general. I'm not gonna get into the previous administration. It certainly, like I've been saying in a number of interviews, brought out the worst in a lot of people. But yeah, that's what that, that's what that came from. And the melody, Alexis, which she writes all the melodies, but it's like, it's like that old Kurt Cobain thing, you know, nursery rhymes. He famously said they were trying to write nursery rhymes. So go ahead, Alexis, that's like your shit. No, I mean, I think Derek kind of set the tone with that, you know, with that first part. And it like, you get that, you kind of just want like a simple sing-songy playful melody but then obviously it's juxtaposed with those riffs and then when it like erupts into the I feel like dynamite part but yeah like there's something very playful about that verse but as Derek said lyrically like it's a pretty heavy song um and I think that lends to something that Slate Bills fans I think like about our band is that you can feel at once like dynamite and at the same time like dying tonight and i think that's you know something that given the just the chaos of the past few years and the highs and the lows um that a lot of people can relate to that chorus there where it turns into the, uh, the you know as we're saying the dying tonight uh, dynamites 
like a cheerleader chance. I mean, that's the greatest thing right there. You know, yeah, like that imagery doesn't exactly present itself in the same way in the music video. You know, you've got the uh, the backup singers and everything doing it there. But but in my head, when I first heard it before the video, it's like, oh, wow. Like just seeing a bunch of high schoolers at the Friday night game on the, uh, you know, on the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, did, we did record. Um, we did bring in some some other women to record some additional vocal stacks. And we got to work with three fantastic vocalists, one of whom is a good friend of mine. And uh, yeah, and they like all crowded around the mic. Um, myself included with them at that moment. And it was, it was just like, just screaming kind of at the top of our lungs around a mic to get that exact effect that you're talking about, Kyle. It's so perfectly done. Um, you all were doing a, a live thing on YouTube the other day. And I think someone did ask about that title and you said, we're not ready to talk about that yet. No, that so I, yeah, <laughs> so I would wonder if we're ready to talk about that yet. Still gonna pull the mystery card on it. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna leave it. For now, yeah, sorry, man. It's such a boring response, but yeah, it's um, it has nothing to do with the state. I mean, I can definitely say that, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, it, I guess what's interesting about it is because you, you're, as you're saying, it's not about the state. And I caught when you said yeah. that too on the live feed. Um, but when you do see the video, there is, of course, a Western motif. Yeah. Like, did one come with the other? It's not about the state, but kind of a I thing. That for us, just became an interesting slash hilarious context for the action to play out in. It's like, you know, kind of, you know, kind of a play on like the Porter Wagner show, Dolly Porter, that type of thing where there's so much formality, you know, and it's so showbiz in, in a beautiful way. It's not a knock on those, but just the idea of an artist in that setting running into a brick wall repeatedly just seemed hilarious to me. And like, it would be striking and hopefully funny and memorable. And ultimately it is a music video. So I wanted it to be entertaining, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it also allows you to play with wardrobe and just fuck around with shit and hopefully make something interesting and funny. And it needed to be funny because of the lyric, you know? It's like, it's not a pretty song. Um, so it's like that old, I mean, it's, it's like old as dirt, right? It's like a, sp a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, that vibe. So it's like, if you read this song on the page, it's about, hardcore despair um but you listen to the song and it's like hey it's fun right you know and like that's perfect for me this band that's kind of like the sweet spot for sleigh bells you know it's like is it real or is it just like looney tunes but then there's this violence and um i like that when it just has you kind of scratching your head and that's where it feels when things get kind of fresh and exciting for me it's like this is wrong but i like it and you know it's like all that shit that's just right up my alley so you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. With, with that music video, I mean, it does lead into the uh, new one with, uh, with Justine. Do you want the music, do you want the videos to tell a bigger story in this sense? Are, are they actually connected in that way? 
I mean, there's, there's definitely a connection. Obviously it's a continuation to some degree. We see Derek on the floor and me waking up and sort of being kind of haunted by some of these images. Um, we didn't have a, like a, a concrete interpretation. Um, I think that's something that we wanted to leave open-ended so that fans could obviously draw their own conclusions about what exactly is happening. But yeah, they'd obviously speak to each other. I think seeing Justine is probably a little bit more interesting and powerful and mysterious if you've seen Locust, but I think they maybe stand on their own as well. My hair is definitely bigger in the Justine video yeah. we got the hair we got the hair bigger so whatever happened to me my hair got bigger yeah that's the thing for me it just feels like the theme there is the difficulty of breaking old patterns and creating new ones and how important that is you know it's like vital um and the inability to do that can lead you down really bad paths so it's just that redundancy like running into a brick wall over and over yet you're still doing it you know that's just like i mean self sabotage is gotta be one of the most, as common as writing love songs, right? Um, and that's the Justine video, it's the same thing. She just keeps opening her eyes. Am I still in it? Fuck, I'm not out yet. I'm still haunted. I'm still, you know, just falling into the same traps. Um, so I guess, yeah. If there is a narrative, which isn't essential for me to enjoy a video, you know, it's just, for me, it's just a vehicle for a feeling. Um, maybe that sounds pretentious, but, um, but yeah, there is a common thread there. So sort of textbook insanity uh, yeah, as it would go. Exactly. Just uh, yeah, exactly. I, like, I like the hair thing, though. What's the, what's the old phrase? Uh, higher the hair, closer to God. It's, uh... <laughs> you <laughs> so know, true. we were referencing, obviously, you know, Derek mentioned Dolly Parton. And so I, I went like I did a deep dive looking into the hairdos of like Dolly and Loretta Lynn and some of those, you know, just classic, amazing women in country. And my goodness, like, I just can't imagine having to do that every night. And they did, like, they just had this enormous hair and it was just a part of life, so. Yeah, and they were yeah. just smashing it so good. Exactly. <laughs> and it led down to everyone. Like, so I'm, I'm here in Louisville, but I'm from rural Kentucky. Okay. And yeah, like growing up in the eighties, like it didn't matter if you were a country superstar, like you wore it like that up yeah. all the time. Mm. Yeah. I love Louisville, by the way, man. I used to go to Erex to see a lot. Been to Crazy Fest a bunch in the late nineties. Played it actually with my old band, so it's a great city. The uh, the owner of uh, you know former owner, I guess you'd say of your ecstasy now, but uh, John Timmons, he uh, he's actually our mid morning host. We rescued oh, cool. him and, and pulled him up there. You all played a show um, at Zanzibar early on, and this might have been right after treats, um, but there was no real stage at Zanzibar yet. I just remember that. Lorsh, I just remember all. I couldn't see you at yeah. all i just saw the people in front of me and just this enormous sound for this little room i mean it's probably one of the loudest shows i was ever at in my life and one of the shows that i have never forgotten amazing damn thank you <laughs> very flattering and humbling to hear so cool yeah those floor shows in the beginning were just like incredible yeah i can't i can't imagine from your all's point of view you know in a, in a, of a show like that yeah just straight on yeah it was nuts i mean the energy was just like yeah, there's nothing like that's, it. That's like our dream show, though. Like, get rid of a barricade, get rid of a stage, put us on the floor, have the crowd as close to us as possible. Yeah. Sweaty, hot. Yeah, we love that. There, there's a line. Uh, what is it uh, on the on this album? I don't remember exactly where it was. I wish I'd written it down, but it, but it says, "Are you a little too old for rock and roll?" 
Yeah. Is that a real, was that a real question? Um, it's actually about, kind of goes back to what we were talking about with um, like self-destructive behavior. That song itself is kind of stream of consciousness, but like rock and roll is used here as a euphemism for like bullshit, running around, getting drunk, getting high, just doing knucklehead shit. And it's like, I turned 40 like a week ago. And so I was writing from Alexis's perspective, talking to me, but this is an imaginary conversation. But her, I'd imagine her being like, aren't you, aren't you gonna grow out of this bullshit? Like, come on, you know? So it's kind of me just like pulling the rug out from beneath myself. But yeah, so now it's not like, and if it was, I feel like the joke is that the song answers the question. If it is about music, which it's not, then, you know, based on the song, you have to kind of answer that question yourself. I mean, I love that track. Um, so for me, I hear that question and I'm like, obviously not, you know, but again, it's subjective, you know, well, I'm sure some people will hear that song and be like, this is fucking garbage. And yeah, you, you guys are washed. It's over. But um, anyway, you know, to each his own. By the way, happy birthday. I turned 40 in a few weeks. So you beat me just by about a month, I think. So it's nice. Thank you very much. Yeah, August 25th. So I'm I'm only like a weekend, not even. Yeah. You guys both look great. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. <laughs> You've kind of further on on that though. And, and I, I do want to ask about the riffs because that is such a powerful point of your songwriting. And I don't even know if you can answer this one, but how do you know when you stumbled on the riff? Oh, um, I don't know. It just does the thing, you know, like it just, the th it comes out of the speakers and it does the thing as far as, yeah, it's a tough one. Like when it comes to writing stuff, like most of my favorite artists subscri uh, subscribe to the conduit theory, like they're just channeling. It's not them. And that's a really beautiful way to remove the ego. Um, I think I love it. I mean, my position is that like, I don't even think about it. Like I'm racehorse, like just put me on the track, let me run. And so that's how I am with writing. Um, like that Sweet 75 riff, that's just like a couch riff. I was, I think I was watching a football game. You have a nylon string, I had a nylon string in my lap and I'm just like fucking around. Just comes out and you're like, oh, there's one. You know, you put it in your iPhone voice recorder and then build a song out of it. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm sure I've written plenty of bad ones. Not sure, I know I have. So you never really know. You just kind of put it out there. For me, it's like if Alexis responds and she's very measured, like I'm a very demonstrative, like over the top enthusiastic person. And Alexis is very calm. So I might hear someone be like, yo, it's the best shit ever, blah, blah, blah. But for, for us, like if I send her a track and she's like, I think there's something here, that's when I know. Yeah. So it's really kind of up to her. I mean, everything that comes out, you know, like we have to both support it unanimously or it's gotta be unanimous. So, yeah. I also guess that, throw that to you, Alexis. I mean, how do you know when he's hit the riff? I mean, they're, they're so immediate. That's what they're designed to be, right? And so it just impacts you. It just hits you the right way. Just like Derek said, you just, you just know. You just know if it's good. You know, I mean, there's just, they're, they're not that subtle, right? <laughs> so like you hear it and you're like, fuck, this is, this is heavy. This does exactly what it's supposed to do. This creates a feeling, an aesthetic, a vibe. You just want to write to it. Yeah, subtlety's never really been a strength of mine. It's like, but you'll always know where you stand. You know, it's like with me, it's pretty cut and dry. So I did. Uh, it might have been on that live feed I've referenced too that you had mentioned um, kind of taking some cues from Nine Inch Nails and Sonic Youth. I'm especially a Sonic Youth fan. I love Nine Inch Nails as well. Yeah. I was I, I wrote down uh, on Justin Go Genesis as well because that beat 
I'll say sick beat because I Thank feel you. like that's the phrase that needs to go together here. I wrote down Prodigy, Aphex Twins, Chemical Brothers, totally. with a little bit of a '90s Madonna vocal on top of it. Like that's we love we love everything you just said. I'll take all of it. Yeah, man, that's uh, very flattering. I love all those records. It's also there's a West Coast girl group from the '60s called the Tammies. Mm -hmm. And they weren't part of the Brill Building scene. Like, they weren't a Phil Spector thing. Uh, they have a song called Egyptian Shumba. And that was, like, a really big influence on that track, actually. Um, if you haven't heard that song, to, any, to you or to anybody that might be listening, go check out the Tammy's Egyptian Shumba. It's got, like, a, a mania to it. And it's really loose and just reckless. Um, so when I hear Justine, it's like that. And then, yeah, I mean, it's only right that I would name check Trent Reznor and Nine Snails been a fan since I was 10. I mean, I got broken the EP um, when it came out in 91. I was 10 years old. So yeah, there's there's no getting around that. And I wouldn't want to, you know, those records are incredible. So, you got a favorite Nails record while we're here? Well, yeah, um, for this, while we were making this record, it was Hesitation Marks. Mm -hmm. um, gun to my head, I guess I'm going with Pretty Hate Machine. I mean, it's just, it's great. It's astonishing. What am I going to say about Nine Snails that hasn't already been said? Sure, yeah, sure. Probably, probably pretty hate machine. Um, but man, I love all the new stuff. It took a long time for me, for the EPs to grow on me. You know, Add Violence, um, mm -hmm. that type of stuff. Like really, I was underwhelmed at first, but I love I love it all, man. Yeah, they're on it. Yeah. The world agrees. <laughs> I can't disagree with you much there. I'd put The Fragile as probably my top, but. <clears throat> Amazing record. Yeah, yeah, I love the fragile. I mean, I, I love them all. I'm just like, yeah, put on the spot. Um, right, yeah. right. I mean, Sandwich Spiral is not too shabby either. It's true. Good record. <laughs> I'll wrap it up here because uh, the one thing that didn't get to happen last year, of course, was the 10th anniversary uh, treat shows that, that was going to happen. You guys are, are going to be making those up, right? We play, our, we play our, our treats 10 year anniversary show at Webster Hall on Thursday. The ninth. So is that going to be like, so you have the new music and you have the old music now, and, and obviously you have to put a spotlight on that, but yeah, but is, is there a great balance happening right now? Or do you for a moment just kind of forget what's going on at the moment and say treats? I think it's, yeah, it's about treats. And then the record comes out the next day, you know, the record like treats shows on the ninth, Texas comes out the 10th. So it's like, this is where we were and it's a bridge to where we are, you know, where we are now and where we're going. So for me, it kind of like, yeah, it was a smooth transition there. We're just looking back on them. And I mean, you all, you created something. And like, there is so few artists who can ever say that in their career. Like you created something. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, what you all did did not exist before you did that. So. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, that's an incredibly humbling thing to hear. And that's all I will ever say to shit like that is thank you. You know, that's the goal is to try to make something incredible and inspiring and life affirming. I'm not saying we're doing any of those things, but I am saying we're trying and um, I don't see us stopping anytime soon. I mean, yeah, that's what, that's what it's all about for us. So thanks, man. Yeah, seriously, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Texas is so much fun. Texas is so much fun to listen to. Thank you all so much for doing that. It's been a, it's been a great time talking with you too. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, dude, if we're in town and you come out, find us, say what's up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hi, Kyle. All right. Bye. Take care, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye, Alexis. Bye. And my thanks to uh, Derek and Alexis. Again, the new Sleigh Bells record is called Texas. 
Thanks to you again for checking out the series. Uh, before you get out, hit that subscribe button. I put out brand new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also hit me on the uh, social medias, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. How do I do the view so that we're like all... It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.